a picture of just, the ape got taken. Just sit down. Yeah. Uh, the Azukis are they're gone. <laughs> and she's like, is it what anything else? And he's like, yeah, the, the cool man. The cool man's. <laughs> they, they got the fucking cool man's. Please don't tell me that the doodles got taken too. Now the doodles are gone too. <laughs> well, what about the kaiju kings? And look, you're not going to love this. The cool cat. Gone. <laughs> what are we going to do? How are we going to afford Billy's private school tuition? At least we've got the Mutant Ape Yacht Club still, right? Okay, sit down. No. <laughs> no. No. Honey, I don't want to go back to work. <laughs> Apple shares are just getting hammered this morning. Every day they're pounding it. I'm not fucking <laughs> Man, my poor brother. He just said, The ENT specialist told me that they have seen a ton of people lose their hearing, taste, and smell permanently from COVID. Damn. Yeah. I got lucky, I guess. Yeah, you did. Folks, my brother... My dear brother, who lives in Washington, just informed me that he lost like 80% of his hearing in his right ear. But he's tough. He had melanoma and he survived, so anything after that is just icing on the cake. Not like any further injury is icing or sickness, but he survived that. Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. It sucks because I have so much fucking earwax in my ears that I can't even hear a goddamn thing in these monitors. Yeah, I can't. uh, I have tinnitus. And I learned that by trial and error, basically, where you you get a little... Mine is like, I I hear like a distant diesel engine idling. That's kind of nice. It's not nice. You, sound, you feel like a junkyard dog going to sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> Do junkyard dogs even exist anymore? Uh, So... <clears throat> oh boy, here's a story. It's not that great what, of a story. What, did you break into a junkyard? No. I have family in Greece and they have a... They have a business where they work on they repair trucks uh-huh. and there's a lot of valuable parts on the trucks so they have uh god i wish i could remember the name of the type of dog it's the biggest dog i've ever seen in my fucking life oh, like a tibetan mastiff or something like something crazy yeah that's cool and his name was baloo baloo that's what they would say oh. but no one else could get near him i was like damn i want to pet that big ass dog but they were like no wow you can't even pet it it's like a psycho dog. It just like will rip your freaking damn. Hey, before we get started, be sure to click the uh the the see more button on the description so that you can go ahead and check out the disclaimer. Emil, I got uh some good news last night. I went out to dinner and um the waiter are you okay over there? Yeah, I just realized it looks like I'm drinking like a fucking big gulp. It's just like tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a a big styrofoam cup yeah i I guess guess i haven't drank out of styrofoam in a long time yeah aren't these terrible for the environment yeah who knows who knows anymore do you trust the government no yeah me either well hey as i was saying i got sorry i got complimented on my mustache last night it's great it looks really thick so if you like it please leave a comment in the comments about my mustache but the waiter I, I I was it's the first time that a stranger has complimented me on facial hair 
And I feel like he was now in hindsight, I'm like, oh, maybe he was being condescending like you would a child. Like, hey, buddy, great job. I not only think he was, I know he was. Yeah, because it doesn't look that good. It doesn't look that good. Really? No, it's fine. Okay, shit, because I was going to say I should shave. fucking shave it. It's not good. Uh, I wanted to give a big thanks to everybody who, who listens and watches this show. We This is a, I would call it a labor of love, this show. Hey, don't include me on this. If you watch this show, I hate your guts. Damn, you heard it, folks. <laughs> fuck, the, fuck him. But I love you. No, uh, I do. I love every last one of you. Yeah, for real. We um, we wouldn't be able to do this without each and every one of you. You're very special, and um, you're a special little snowflake. No, because you can't say snowflake anymore. Yeah, you can. But they all are. They're special little. They're tough snowflakes with sharp edges. Oh yes, they're like ninja stars. If one of these falls on your tongue, you try to go outside and do something cute, like catch this snowflake on your tongue. Yeah, you're going to the fucking hospital. Yeah, because it's gonna lacerate. It's gonna slice your tongue right open. Yeah. We also learned that a lot of you are Columbo heads. So many, so many people were like, "I love Columbo." No way. You fucking freaks. In the comments. Yeah, everybody's like, "I love Columbo." I guess I'm missing out, man. People of all ages. Damn, I wish I saw this. Love Columbo. Why didn't you let me know? Uh, I thought you saw. You know I don't read them. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, people love people do love to be watching that's that it. man Columbo. Maybe we should make some merch. That's like some unofficial Columbo merch. No, it'll be like bumper stickers that are like, "I'd rather be watching Columbo." <laughs> My dad had a license plate cover that said, "I'd rather be watching Bonanza reruns." Yeah. Do you know what Bonanza is? Yeah, it's the fucking like Old West show. It was this boring ass Old West show. Each episode was an hour long. And anytime we'd be sitting at home and he would see that it was on, he'd be like, oh, Bonanza's on. He would put it on and fall asleep within 10 minutes. See, Columbo keeps you up. Yeah? You're engaged. You know what's cool about Columbo? What's cool about Columbo? They're always like a different length. They just like make the fucking show. Really? Yeah, it's not like an hour long. Sometimes they're like an hour and a half. <laughs> Okay, and I think the length is different because it's always a murder mystery, Uh but they show you how the murder happened first. So Columbo is not present in like the first anywhere from like fifteen to thirty minutes, and you're just watching the murder play out. And you have to watch Columbo figure it out. Yeah. Well, isn't that well? CSI is a little different because they show you the aftermath. Dog shit. Yeah. Don't even talk to me about CSI. (laughs) Columbo's a. Or t-shirts that just say, don't hassle me, I'm watching Columbo. (laughs) They used to film CSI Miami right near where I worked at the Crab Pot in Long Beach. And uh, one time David Caruso, who was like the star of it, his assistant came in to the restaurant on like a Sunday morning. Nobody is, the restaurant is barely open, nobody's there. And she's like, can I get a salad to go, a Cobb salad? And my manager, who was just like a total restaurant manager, like authoritarian guy, was like, we don't do to-go orders. And she goes, does it help if I tell you it's for David Caruso and we're just filming down the street? And he goes, nope, no exceptions. No special treatment. Yeah, but come the fuck on, Johnny. No, fuck David Caruso. If it was Peter Falk, you know I'm giving him that Cobb. God. Well... You know you're giving him that cob. Yeah, <laughs> I love a cob salad. Gives me gas though. It's the blue cheese. I love but, that uh, there were so many Columbo heads. I'm pissed yeah. no one told me. Well, I'm telling you now, Columbo heads unite. Hey, if you like Columbo, go ahead and 
leave a comment for Emil. Just say, hey, Emil, I like Columbo. And then Ben will send it to me. Yeah, I'll send I'll send him screenshots. Oh, boy. So this is going to be a tough transition. Uh, Russia declared war on Ukraine overnight. Yeah. And uh, this is tough because I think we just want to do our silly show. Yeah, we just want to do our silly show. And, and, and we had a whole episode planned about some crazy stuff going on with crypto. Yeah, and we still are going to get to that, but we did we we would be remiss if we didn't at least touch on what's happening and it's fucking terrible. And um you know, I don't have a lot to say other than I think that it's terrible and I know that I remember that there's a couple people who listen to the show who are in Ukraine and if they're even listening, I hope that they're safe. And I hope that they're not. I don't. I don't fucking know. It's just. It sucks. It's terrible. Yeah. It sucks is a is the most privileged phrase that I can utter about something that's happening on the other side of the world. It sucks. Mm. Yeah. I have no good things to say. It's all gonna be. It'll be bad for Ukrainian people. It's gonna be really bad for Russian people too. I think the yeah. the sanctions that. The U.S. and EU and U.K. are talking about are going to Japan are going to really hurt. We're I want to people. I want to try to sum it up as best as best we can for those who don't understand what's going on, and forgive us if we're wrong on this because we might very well be. But far as I know, Putin's basically trying to get the band back together, so to speak. With you know, the Soviet Union used to be. All these territories that I don't think we should even try to explain this. Really? Well, what good is it going to do? I mean, talking about it out loud helps me better understand it. Okay, I don't. I don't think I fully understand. Well, I I, I guess I'll scratch that. Basically, Putin, Russia, Russia doesn't have a lot of ports, and their ports that they do have access to freeze over in the winter. That's why they took Crimea because it's got access to the Black Sea. And my very, very basic, uneducated understanding is that with Ukraine, it's, I don't know, man. They've got, they've got like the number three, um, they're like third in the world producing fertilizer, tons of natural gas resources. It's all, I mean, it's what every war is about. It's about resources. And the fear is that, <clears throat> the fear is that, well, if Putin takes Ukraine, what's next? Is he going to then take, you know, what's next on his list? How far is he going to push the West and NATO until NATO says, okay, eventually, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Yeah, gonna- I don't really want to speculate on it. I think... Because uh... it, it's hard to understand. It's hard to, to know who's telling the truth, too. Russia says one thing. The, the American intelligence officials say one thing. And then politicians are on TV talking about nuclear war. Like that fucking, I can't remember his name. Some Republican from the Midwest was saying that nuclear war isn't off the table. Fuck off. Yeah, Putin said that there's a, there will be like swift and strong consequences, consequences for anyone who tries to aid Ukraine or put a stop to this. Yeah, which is terrifying. And I don't think I don't think I understand what that 
means for us or yeah and as of i mean on the drive in just like an hour ago uh they were talking about it on the radio and i believe the uk was throwing around the idea of kicking russia out of what's called swift which Mm -hmm. is the it's like a global banking system that basically if you're out of it you're fucked and like they kicked Iran out of it. Iran is a different story because they're a much smaller economy than Russia is, but it it devalued their currency almost overnight. It just it fucked Iran. But Russia already responded and said if they if they do yeah, that Swift it, was a big one. If you Yeah. If, if they, they kick get, us out of Swift, it's an act of war. Right. And I don't I don't know if they have or not. I think they're with the sanctions that America's talking about, it seems like it might be included. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Russia will respond to sanctions by targeting U.S. assets as part of a strong and painful response. Uh, yeah, what are those sensitive assets? Like, <clears throat> God damn. <clears throat> but overnight, the Russian ruble, which is their currency, dropped by like 8%, which is huge. That's a massive drop in value. Uh, the As of this morning, Thursday, the Russian market, the stock market was completely halted altogether. So they're just, I know that one stock, this stock called Yandex, Y-N-D-X, which is kind of like the Russian Google, just has fucking collapsed. And just on that note, we're not going to comment on the market and how the, obviously the market's down, but like, it just feels insensitive and what's the, what's the word? It just feels insensitive to, to speculate. Like, who, like yeah, who, who gives a shit right now? Yeah. People are dying and being displaced and uh yeah i don't know i think everyone is like clamoring for everyone to have a take on this i don't really have one except for that this is bad and i hope it ends with very little suffering and i don't know what the right course of action is but i hope it does not i hope the least amount of suffering happens yeah it's a that's a very utilitarian point of view to have and i think it it also just like highlights how little control we have over any of this i think you know i don't know what to even tell people to do i mean people have been posting like i've been seeing the the link to you know here's how to help ukraine and so i went but i mean some of it was for helping with military stuff and I was like I don't necessarily want to be donating towards military things uh so I have no idea what you should be doing to help yeah and I think that you just touched on an important thing which is in situations like this it is easy to succumb to feeling guilty to feeling all sorts of helplessness but I think it I think it helps to step back and remind yourself that it's okay to a, like not have a strong opinion on it. B, accept that there's nothing you can do. I mean, there's very little that you can actually do in any kind of situation, geopolitical, local, national, whatever it may be. And there's a kind of, I don't know, there's a kind of uh, peace and tranquility in just accepting that and letting it go. I've been reading a lot of stoicism lately. Yeah. And, has, yeah. and it's helping you accept. Well, it's just it's it it's helpful to remind yourself of what you can and can't control. Because 
if you obsess over and make yourself crazy and stressed out and anxious over shit that's beyond your control, what is that helping? Nothing. It's only giving you pain and suffering. Sure, and but there's probably an argument to be made here that this You is, can still care about it. There's a global struggle here. And, yes. And the idea of not knowing where to focus your efforts is... I'm saying that nobody out there should feel guilty for extricating themselves and just being like, you know what? The, I can't control it. You know, no, we, we all only have so much bandwidth emotionally to deal with this kind of thing. And like there's, we're being fed a 24 seven stream of negativity and bad shit. I mean, it's why, what's his name from the office started some good news. Remember that? John Krasinski. Yeah. Yeah, and I also, like, I hate that fucking shit. I hate it, too. It's so twee and, like... It kind of just feels like, just bury your fucking head in the sand. Yeah. Come watch my dumb show. Yeah. And... He sold it for, like, millions of dollars, too, or something, right? Yeah, and then he did his bullshit, like, fucking CIA show, and it's like, the fuck out of here, John Krasinski. Jack... Jack... Jack Reacher. No, it's not Jack Reacher. (laughs) Whatever the fuck. uh, I don't know, Jack... Jack asshole. Who oh, can... no, it's Jack Mehoff. It's <laughs> yeah. Jack he Mihoff. went and did Jack Mehoff where he yeah. fucking destabilizes governments or something. He's he's a dork. Um, uh, so anyway, that's all we got to say about that, right? I mean, so we wanted to continue. Hey, you know what we can do? Uh, me and you, Emil, hmm. we can do the show that we came here to do. And oh God! Provide. Don't make us like fucking. We're heroes. No. Yes, we are. We I w- are. I won't do the show if heroes you do that. and patriots. We're we're morons. We like to have a fun show. That's exactly right. We're a couple of bona fide idiots, as I like to say. And I think I feel a little bit shitty. Yeah, I feel shitty too. And <clears throat> I don't know. We're gonna have to see what happens. Really, I yeah. mean. We put together a little outline for today's show, and we finished at about like five yesterday, and then shit started. The world to changed very quickly. Yeah, and so I feel very silly talking about the National Crypto Enforcement Team. Well, let's. Well, the but, Department of Justice is launching the National Crypto Enforcement <laughs> Team. Well, but there are other things that we wanted to talk about that we can get to. Hey. So, like, what I wanted to—I added this in last night. The truckers in Canada thing is increasingly interesting to me because whoa you can't do that you can't just throw shit in that i don't know about it's i just wanted to point out how i don't want to talk about the fucking freedom convoy is that what it's called freedom i don't convoy? fucking know it's it's just an interesting display of left versus right switching um sides on an ideology that that it, it's just it's really funny because you had all the protests stateside last year and was it last year or two years ago? What are you talking about? Black Lives Matter? Yeah. Okay. You had all those protests and you had all the people on the right being like, should just follow the law. You can't be out there. That's why you're getting beaten up by the cops, you protesters. Like, I have no sympathy for you. And then now the sides have switched and you've got these truckers doing their like peaceful protest, quote unquote. And all the people on the right are like, look at these jackboot cop thugs. They're just beating up on these, like, they're just protesters. And then you got people on the left being like, good, kick their asses, get them out. It's like, you guys. Oh, yeah. We're, we're focusing on the wrong thing. You got to be, we're all. Politics is you sports, know, baby. If I can channel my inner Alex Jones conspiracy theorist right now, 
it's that yeah the media and and social media it's it's really been perfectly executed where it's got all of us fighting each other when we really ought to be looking at the people in power what ben's trying to say is tiktok is a chinese psyop it's a psyop it's to get it's to get it's to dumb down the youth of america i'm not alone in that um assertion there's a TikTok that, that that keeps getting passed around and keeps getting sent to me by friends. It's this comedian, I can't remember his name, but he points out, I mean, this is anecdotal, but he says that in China, the algorithm shows Chinese youth cool shit like, oh, look what this engineer kid built and look at, you know, what this doctor's doing. All stuff that they would want their kids to aspire to. Whereas here in America, it shows you know, fucking dumb dances and just the dumbest yeah. shit to try to, you know, which makes kids want to just be famous for stuff that's ultimately worthless to society. Uh, is it worthless to society to do cool dances? Uh, I disagree. I think that it is absolutely valuable because how are you going to entertain the soldiers? Hmm. Well, I'll take it again. <laughs> uh, I think that it is valuable to society because people got to jerk off to something, man. There you go. There we go. It all comes back to jacking off. It's all, I mean, really, cum is the lubricant that keeps the gears of the world spinning. It definitely keeps the gears of trillionaire mindset spinning. <laughs> <laughs> That's certainly true. We <laughs> we, got a, we got a pit team here just lubing up the freaking gears. We should get a sponsorship by Fleshlight. No. No? You don't think so? Well, sure. Remember when they were called, uh, you know what? I just don't even want to go well, there. Well, now I got to know. What was it called? Pocket Pussy? Oh, are they still, are they not? I thought it was like a, not to bring it back to this again. I thought it was like a square rectangle thing where all Fleshlights were Pocket Pussies, <laughs> but all, not all, not all Pocket Pussies were Fleshlights. Uh, I really don't know, but I do know a guy who, um, who has one and is like, yeah, why would I ever? Why would I ever be with a woman again when I can just fuck my flashlight? I'm like, buddy, god damn. I do have a bumper sticker that says my flashlight doesn't ask me any stupid questions. Oh, God. But I I put it on as a joke and now I can't get it off. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, so See, this is why I didn't even want to talk about the Ukraine stuff because of how quickly we just evolve into talking but about. This is how we. I mean, humor is the, is all we have at the end of the day. It is our weapon against Russian imperialism. Yes, against Vladimir Putin. God, that fucking guy. I wanted to talk a little bit about Boeing because um, we're we're kind of jumping around. We got I, I feel like the overarching theme of this is like greed. You've got Russian greed. You've got corporate greed. I feel like the overarching theme of our show is corporate greed. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We talk about it a lot. We do. We certainly do. But the Boeing- Congressional greed. Yes. Um, our greed for more comments, more likes, more subscribers. More views. More views. More five-star ratings. Yes. Yeah. For all of you out there who say, why doesn't this show have any more views? I don't know. Why don't you ask yourself? Why aren't you sharing it? Yeah, we're like a multi-level marketing fucking yeah. scheme. If you get, if you tell five of your friends about the trillionaire mindset, and they tell their five friends, that's twenty-five more people. Yeah, and for and every, imagine if all of you did that. Yeah, 
All right, let's talk about Boeing because we Boeing. watched this documentary. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a great documentary on Netflix called um, "The Case Against Boeing." The Case Against Boeing. It's there's a title too, like down, down going fall? down or downfall something. or something. Um, but Boeing, I love airplanes. Okay, <laughs> shut up. I do. I love airplanes. I want to fly. I want to get my license eventually. I did a discovery flight, which is like the initial lesson years ago, and. It's just a very expensive hobby. It's like a five hundred dollar a month hobby because you gotta, you know, you have to maintain your skills. Uh, yeah, it's called downfall. The case against Boeing, but it's really that's great. That's not so bad for planes. What five hundred dollars a month? Yeah, I mean that's like the minimum. Oh. I mean that's covering you for two hours of flying. Because I really want to do sailing, mm-hmm. and it's so expensive just to fucking like yeah, get out on the boat with them and. It's a very elitist hobby of you. I mean, no, I want a little. Not very DSA. <clears throat> I want a little sailboat. When the pandemic happened, uh-huh. I was thinking about uh, sailing. No, buying a little sailboat to live on, mm. and uh, I want to get rid of everything and live on the sailboat. Because when the shit hits the fan, your shit's going to be hitting the water. When I'm going to be fucking on the open waters, baby. Yeah, I'm like really excited about it. You I think should. I'd, I think I'd thrive, as long as there's a port for me to dock in. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> I mean, we should all be so lucky to have a nice snug port to dock But in. I'll tell you what, I can get a nice one for like... A couple hundred bucks? No. Oh, oh I meant <laughs> the, the dock, that you, the parking oh. space. Well, then I met this guy in Hawaii, uh-huh. and he was telling me about how you can live... Uh, if you make friends with the guys, you can live without paying the port fees and everything. Interesting. Yeah. Well, anyway, Boeing is... Uh, <laughs> the dock... <laughs> <laughs> Imagine me on a sailboat. I can see it. Living on it. I can fully see it. It's going to be great. Yeah. Old Jack Sparrow over here. Uh, the documentary is about the 737 MAX debacle. And debacle is putting it lightly. Just one more thing. I'm putting like one of those fucking hangboards on it. Uh-huh. I'm just out on the open sea. I get it. You want to live on a <laughs> sailboat. I'm doing as many pull-ups and push-ups as I want. Yes. I'm I'm. Pulling myself up to... I'm sorry, keep You're going. peeing in the ocean. I'm peeing in the ocean. Okay. I'm cooking my little meals on the fucking stovetop. <laughs> on a hot plate? Yeah. Yeah. Boy. Okay, you got anything else you want to add about the sailboat? My hair is going to look incredible. <laughs> There's going to be ocean water in my hair at all times. Uh-huh. My body? It's going to be tight as hell and tanned. It's going to be dark. It's going to be tan like a, a fine Texas leather wallet. Yep. Or a belt. I think that's it. Okay. So... <laughs> The Boeing thing, I wanted to sum it up. Boeing used to be- And the nice thing is, (laughs) I won't have to worry about planes. Right. Yes, yes. You wouldn't have to worry about planes. I'm sailing wherever. You're sailing wherever you I'm sorry. Go ahead. So on that, I'm (laughs) glad you just interrupted with that because flying on a Boeing airplane used to be considered one of the safest methods of travel. And the saying was, if it ain't Boeing, I ain't going. Because Boeing was a company that was- Built and grown and um, run by engineers. Run by engineers, yeah. and safety was like their number one thing. If if any of the quality uh, assurance or inspectors found a problem, they were not only um, like uh, supposed to bring it up, they were encouraged to, right? Because safety at the end it was of the based day, based in Seattle, it was an institution. Yes, no corners being cut. Yes, whatsoever. But then you had a uh, a looming problem for Boeing, which was Airbus, the European rival, and they were slowly over the years, you know, Boeing's market share slowly is dropping as Airbus's is going up. And then 
at a crucial point, you know, Airbus surpassed them. And I forgot how many years ago, I don't know, 10, 10 years ago or something, Airbus introduces the A320neo airplane, which is like a short haul. It's a smaller body airplane, but it's fuel efficient and it can, it's, it's. And that was the big thing. Yes. Because airlines what costs loved it. airlines a ton of money is their fueling fees. Fuel, yes. And so Boeing had nothing to compete with they they're like okay shit we we don't have 10 years that it would take to develop design test all this shit can i can i add one thing that we're of course are you going to get to the merger oh yes oh, so yes Please. boeing i think in 97 merges with mcdonald douglas mcdonald douglas and it starts to turn the culture of the company more towards a from the engineering-based type of company to a Wall Street uh, shareholder value-focused yes. company. Which and is huge. they moved their headquarters from Seattle to Chicago. Mm-hmm. To and separate the money people from the engineers, right. literally. They didn't want the engineers... Causing problems. Right. Which is uh, that's sort of the seed for what would inevitably, inevitably grow into the bush so to speak. Right. So the focus moves away from making the best airplanes in the world to making the most money. Yes. They're cutting corners. They're laying people off. Mm-hmm. They're going from multiple quality assurance people to like one. They're discouraging people from bringing up problems in, in like shit's getting left behind. There was one, I remember in the documentary, there was one um, test flight that went up and in the rear stabilizer an entire like nine foot ladder had been yeah. left in there, and if it fell over and hit the uh, jack screw, mm-hmm, yeah, it would have fucked the plane. Yeah, crashed the plane. Did, remember the hidden? There's a hidden security footage, or not security. Someone brings in a camera and I think is wearing it, mm-hmm. and they don't know they have it. And the guy's talking to supervisor, and he's saying that they they stopped doing quality checks on stuff because they just didn't have the manpower and the time. Right, and the guy's face. Like, he knew what that meant yeah. to do that to a plane. Yeah. And he's just, like, they didn't they didn't fucking check it. Yeah, like, holy shit. And he's going, shit. holy fuck. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is, uh, I mean, it's endemic of a bigger problem, this cutting corners that we'll get, on, get to. But so back to the A320neo, Airbus's um, airplane, Boeing had the, you know, rather ingenious idea. Okay, we we can't design, build, and implement an entirely new aircraft because it wouldn't be, um, it wouldn't be prudent for our business because in that time we're going to lose even more market share to Airbus. Well, we have these shareholders to answer to. And there's the element of when you do that, you have to. It includes a lot of costly pilot training. Yes. And if if you say it's oh, it's just the same plane, it won't require any more pilot training they don't have to invest in all that and spend all the airlines don't yeah the airlines don't. yeah so what they did was they took the existing workhorse of the boeing fleet which was the 737 for those of you who don't know if you've ever flown southwest it's a 737 it's just like they can fly multiple they're just they're the they've workhorse been forever they've it's been like around the forever yes it mm-hmm. was like their biggest best-selling airplane not biggest but their best-selling airplane the biggest was the 747 um, which is the Air Force One airplane. So what they did was, hey, we're going to take this existing model. <clears throat> oh, and also, in addition to what you said, 
all of that would require FAA approval and all yeah. sorts of safety shit. But so, hey, what we're going to do instead, we're going to take this existing model of airplane that's already got all the approvals and all the shit. All the pilots are already familiar with it. We're going to put on a slightly bigger engine that is more fuel efficient and... That's going to be it. We're going to rebrand. Basically, we're going to rebrand this existing thing. And we'll call it the 737 MAX. Right. And we're going to sell it to airlines as being uh, fiercely competitive to the A320neo. And best of all, you're not going to have to support Europeans. Oh, no, no. Sorry. What were you going to (laughs) say? You don't have to retrain your pilots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those filthy French... You know, they're not going to get any of your money also. Airbus is a French company. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, no. Would you like to take a flight on my Airbus? Airbus? (laughs) Stay away uh, from my girlfriend. (laughs) We have uh, baguettes. and uh... One time I was in French Canada, Quebec, Uh and we were on a ski trip, and a bunch of us were there. So we all had different hotel rooms, and, you know, we knew each other's hotel rooms. Remember you could uh, type in the room number and it would connect you? Yeah. Still can, but sure. Uh, actually, I tried recently and I couldn't do it. Well. But maybe it was just that hotel. But, so we were all hanging out and then we were going to go, um, we were going to go out. So everyone kind of went back to their rooms to like shower and get ready. And I went back to my room and it's just me and my friend staying in the room. And so we're getting, we're like showering and getting ready. And our phone rings in the hotel room. And I was like, who could possibly be calling our hotel room? Uh-huh. And so I pick it up. And it's like, it's some French guy. He goes, uh, you know, bonjour, amazing me. And I said, oh, uh, English, I'm sorry, I don't speak French. And he goes, uh, my apologies. And I said, what's going on? And he was like, uh, we have received a couple of complaints. And I was like, complaints about what? And he was like, uh, they are noise complaints. And I was like, noise complaints? It's just me and my friend shower. Like, we're not even playing music. And he was like, ah, I did not receive the complaints. So let me check the book. And I was like, what in the fuck is going on? And so he takes a second and then he goes ah yes I have the complaints right here uh, it says your next door neighbor here uh, yes yes fuck me like a dog and then headboard slam into wall and I said are you f- out of your mind <laughs> and <laughs> and then I just hear the entire room erupt in la- laughter and my uh, friend just goes Emil it's Joe you idiot <laughs> <laughs> that's a good prank uh, yes uh, yes uh, uh, yes uh, yes uh, fuck me like a dog Anyway, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good little story. <coughs> so, <clears throat> Boeing basically was bullshitting the whole time because the bigger engine meant that structurally the plane did have to change a little bit. They had to mount the engine a little further forward on the plane, which changes the the functionality of it, and. One of the things that they implemented was a software program called MCAS, uh, which stands for, I believe, Movement Characteristics. Yeah, Movement Characteristics Augmenting System. And what that did was the plane was at risk of stalling. If it went, if, if, if the angle of attack angle too was high. too high. So this MCAS system would kick in and try and, to correct it and correct it by lowering the nose. Um, but. What Boeing didn't do was tell anybody that that was a new thing. That they even had the system on the yes, plane. Yes, because yeah. in doing so, it would require More pilot training. training, which would cost airlines money, which would put them at risk for losing some of the orders that they got in for the plane because the plane sold record amounts of units, of, of planes. I think like, I don't know, 4,000 or something. But so then... 
inevitably. So they fucking knew. The thing is, they knew. Oh, there's fucking emails, meeting notes. Yes. Them just fully admitting that they're just going to hide it. And yes. they're not going to tell anyone that they're doing it. They're even going to rebrand it within like uh, the fucking the um, the book, the manual, the manual, calling it something else entirely. Mm-hmm. It's just it's truly right. It would vile. only be called MCAS in internal reports. Yes. And then outside it's it would be called like trim stabilizer. Trim trim is the tail stabilizer. Right. Basically. So to jump ahead, what happens is a uh, Lion Air Lion Air out of Jakarta crash crashes into the ocean. They start blaming pilot error. Yeah. Uh, Boeing does. Yeah, Boeing. And then they recover black the box. black boxes. There's two. The and box. they're actually orange. Why don't they make the whole thing at the, at the black box? Why don't they make, yeah. Because it's not light enough and it's not fucking, shut up. That's a good joke, though. Yeah, it is. It is. Stephen Wright. So they recover all the flight data and they- it reveals what? That the MCAS system started pushing the nose, the, the nose down, and the, f- the pilots had no idea why. Yeah. And it eventually crashes. Mm-hmm. And this is when the MCAS thing first comes out. And pilots from the FAA, commercial pilots, everyone's going, what the fuck is MCAS? No one has any idea what the fuck it is. And so Boeing says that, well, even if it was MCAS, the pilots should have known what to do, but these pilots had no training on MCAS. Mm -hmm. And they convince everyone that the 737 MAXs are safe. Uh, They don't get grounded. And then I think it's like 19 weeks later, a second plane goes down. This one's Ethiopian Air. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing. And this time, the pilots knew about the MCAS thing. And I think they did everything right. They turned off the MCAS system, mm-hmm. and they still couldn't recover the airplane. Yeah, because by that time, the nose down had them going way too fast for them to be able to recover. <laughs> they didn't have enough altitude to recover. Right. And just, I mean, basically, Boeing, and it's it's just... It's fucking gross and sickening because I remember the stock, it broke to new all-time highs because it's like the 737 MAX was this great plane that was going to revolution, just going to bring in all sorts of profits and all this shit. And then only to find out that it was the product of corporate greed and chasing... It, it's sorry. I'm having a hard time articulating this. It's basically it's one of the nastiest sides of this whole thing is the pursuit of ever higher returns to appease the yeah. markets. And then watching to, them trot out the CEO yeah. is just the most frustrating thing. Of like oh. they've got the these. Honestly, it reminded me of why it was so frustrating to talk to Vlad. Of like they've you know market tested their responses yeah and they're like this is the perfect way to make sure the uh you know the value of the stock will be stabilized yeah. and we'll say all the right things just and we... it's really disgusting to watch yeah it really is and i'll tell you what i was watching you know you're watching the documentary and you're going well what the fuck is going to happen in the end here like mm-hmm. they've yeah they've proven that you know this is criminal and what do you think happens at the end? 
Uh, they all go to jail, they right? They all go they, to jail. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, the CEO steps down. Mm-hmm. And what does gets, he get? Gets a nice little $62 million payout. Ooh, good for him. Well, you got to be uh, compensated for weathering the storm, right? Oh, of course. Right? Of $62 course. million. Dollars. Yes. That's com- commensurate with his, um, yeah. his duties. And then uh, Boeing avoids criminal prosecution. By paying two and a half billion dollars. That's just the cost of doing business, baby. Hey, baby. Sorry your family died. Sorry your fucking daughter died. Sorry everybody died. We fucked up, but uh, nobody's going to go to jail. Hey, nobody's going to have to face any consequences, but the company that can afford dishing out two and a half billion dollars from their coffers, eh, it's just a drop in the bucket for a little old Boeing. Yeah, Fuckers. so the end was pretty unsatisfying. Very I mean, unsatisfying. I don't know what else I expected. I mean, that's the thing. I felt naive watching it, going like, holy shit, this is going to, everyone's fucked. And then you're like, wait, I know how this ends. Yeah, and just just when I felt, the safest I've ever felt flying commercial, it just, it it inserts a, a healthy amount of fear and skepticism for me. That like, oh, you shouldn't just trust companies to do the right thing. There's always... Oh, God. Th- it's... Well, I think that's what's frustrating too, the idea of this like uh, naivete and I think... You know, there's a reporter, David Sirota, and he reports on a lot of corruption. Mm-hmm. And he was getting very frustrated because he would release these big reports. And instead of getting the traction that he thought it would of people going like, oh, my God, we need to do something about it. People's responses were almost like, duh, like, what do you fucking think? Like, everyone's corrupt. And I think that's what sucks is the acceptance of this, mm-hmm. of the you just go... Yeah, that's just how it fucking works, man. Yeah. And it's it's fucking brutal. Kind of like Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Where I've never I, seen it, but I imagine he He basically he he learns at the end this is just the way the system is and it sucks oh. and it's broken and there's nothing you can do. Right. I think sometimes I feel stupid. We do this show and we go like, "Can you fucking believe they're doing it?" and everyone's going, "Yeah." I mean, I think <laughs> the only effective thing thing is um it's a word that rhymes with Bus baspination. Hmm. That doesn't rhyme. Does it have two sweet juicy asses in it? It does have two <laughs> sweet juicy asses in it. Uh anyway. Look, I'll tell you what. What? You know I'm a fan of ass. Yeah. Ass. In nation. In this nation, I'm a fan of ass. ass. Two times. <laughs> hey. Speaking of ass. Uh, you know what should be privatized, according to some? The moon. The moon, baby. Yeah. Let's put a Mickey D's up there. This one's uh this one's a fun one, huh? Yeah. So this is the Adam Smith Institute. They are uh as psycho as this sounds, they are a, you know, a respected um think, think tank? tank in the UK. They were very big in uh Margaret Thatcher's administration and pushing for the privatiz- privatization of a lot of public uh Utilities and um, they now are under the impression that in order to solve world poverty, oh, right, that's what it is. We need to uh, parcel up the moon, give it to certain nations, and have them rent it out to businesses. Yeah, baby, let's go. Let's go. Who's gonna work on the moon? Because you're gonna need workers, you're gonna have to live up there. I'll do it. You'll do it? No, I'm gonna be on my fucking sailboat. Don't ha- and I'm gonna put on the back. Don't hassle me. I'm watching Columbo. <laughs> the moon's for suckers. Fuck the moon. I'm gonna I'm gonna download every uh, Columbo episode. 
So I don't have to rely on Wi-Fi. I want to go to the moon and be the first guy to litter. Yeah, there you go. I want to litter on the moon. That should suck. I mean, littering into space, who truly gives a fuck? Uh, maybe space people? <laughs> space people? But seriously, why don't we just... Hey, Elon Musk, you want to solve some world problems? Why don't you put all the garbage on a rocket and blast it into Wait, outer space? Wait, speaking of Elon Musk, you know what is funny? What? Did you see that? Like, this goes along with that. The, the 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 moon privatizing the moon. Did you see it was probably in like September or something, but SpaceX is working on space billboards for advertising. Awesome. And it's awesome. Just, you gotta monetize space. It, that's what's so funny. It's like, God damn, you're talking about saving humanity. And you're like, we need to get everyone off Earth. But they're like, guys, look, advertising is a big priority for us. If we're gonna get out of here we need billboards. We need to advertise for dick pills because it's, having a boner in zero gravity is hard. I don't understand how it's even a thought. Yeah. Well, buddy, that's capitalism at work. That's your capitalism I at work, that's son. what a big part of this, you know, privatizing the moon. I think, you know, right now there is a UN treaty that says, it's like the Outer Space Treaty from 1967 that says. Nobody owns outer space. Yeah, no one can own private property. Yeah. And I think as we're getting closer. And we're talking about space billboards and stuff. They're going. These think actually. tanks are like, is this such a good idea? I feel like maybe we should start carving up space. Yeah. And letting people own it. I got a I got a moon story for you. So it can be about your ass. Yes, it is. <sighs> it is going to be about my ass. Um. So let me paint a picture for you. Why are you doing that? I'm stroking the mic. I don't like it. Oh, I'm just stroking. Is it because I'm using two fingers? It's just gross. Okay, here. Um, so I'll paint a picture for you. I'm 19 years old. I got long hair. I'm about 40 pounds lighter than this. I'm wearing flip flops. It's the second day of school, <coughs> city college, Long Beach city, city college. I'm walking from class to the parking lot with my two buddies. And, uh, you know, it's the beginning of a new semester. Everybody's bummed cause school's back in session and whatnot. And, uh, we walk past the gymnasium and the door is open to the gym and I look inside and I see the entire Long Beach City College women's volleyball team sitting there with their backs to the door, looking at coach. Coach is talking to them, right? All right. I walk past it, and I think to myself, man, we got to bolster some spirits here. I, I, I need a little pick-me-up. So I ask my friends, hey, you guys, should I go back there and moon the volleyball team? And they said, yes, you should. It didn't go exactly like that. It was like, hey, should I go moon the volleyball team? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah dude. Okay. So I hand them my my little spiral notebook, and I said, here, hold on. And I uh, hoist up my pants, and I run up to the door. I say, hey, ladies, and I pull down my pants, and I moon them. And then I chuckle to myself, and I trot back to my buddies as I'm pulling back up my pants. And then I see the look of smiles on their faces change to like, uh-oh, and I turn around, and the women's volleyball team is pouring out of the gym, frantically looking for me. They see me, and they run over to me, and they grab me. A couple of them grab me. Did a bunch of women women beat the shit out of you? They did not, but oh, they did. Man. One grabbed me and said, Coach didn't like that. And I said, I'm panicking. I'm like having flashes in my head of having to register as a sex offender. And I, fuck it, you know, I break free, and I just start sprinting. In my flip-flops. I dropped one. One fell off my foot, and I stupidly bent over to, like, I stopped, bent back to pick it up. 
And then the one remaining flip-flop, I just like curled my toes as hard as... Are you okay? You keep doing these two fingers and I'm like <laughs> fucking disgusted. Okay. I won't You're do like, it with my fingers. <laughs> God. Okay. I curl up my toes and I just... I galloped like a damn Impala. Impala. I was just... I was off and I did not look back. I was a cigarette smoker back then. I was a pothead and I outran them. They gave up pretty quickly because they were like, what are we going to fucking do? Chase this guy? But I run... Uh, all the way to the parking lot, and just just my luck, that one fateful day, I didn't drive to school. <laughs> my buddy had driven me to school, one of the guys that I was walking with, and he drives a very discernible truck. He's got stickers on it and all the shit. Saying, don't hassle me, I'm watching Columbo. <laughs> He's got stickers that say, don't hassle me, I'm watching Columbo. <laughs> and uh, I'm waiting in the parking lot for what feels like an eternity for him to catch up, and in runs a lone woman, and I didn't know it at the time, but it happens to be the coach. The coach did not give up and chased me all the way into the parking lot. She didn't see me until she did see me hop into my friend's truck and drive away. A week later, the cops are waiting for my friend at his truck, and they intimidate him. They put him in handcuffs. They put him on the hood of the car to scare him and tell him basically Give us your friend's name or you're getting, like, expelled from school. Cops are insane. Tell us who mooned him. <laughs> Listen up, fucko. <laughs> they pepper sprayed him. But he calls me right after they let him go, and he said, I'm so sorry, man. I had to do it. I'm like, what are you talking about? He told me the whole thing that the cops, you know, did that. And I'm panicking. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, shit. And I tell my dad. I'm like, Dad, I got to tell you something. I moon the women's volleyball team. I know, I know, it's awesome. But <laughs> Brian told the cops on me, and he had to, and my dad's like, my dad goes into dad mode. He's like, okay, I know what to do. And he calls like his lawyer friend who gives him advice, hangs up with the lawyer, and he says, you need to call the dean of the school right now, immediately, and admit to what you did. And I called. It was too late. The dean had already been told my name by the school police. But uh, I went, basically, I, I got suspended from City College for mooning. I got a week-long suspension. But the best part is, about a month later, when the monthly LBCC Viking newspaper uh, issue came out, there was a an article about me. No way. Can you read the headline? Team chases loot suspect. <laughs> a 19-year-old man exposed himself to the, holy shit, to the Vikings women's volleyball team in the small gym after their practice Tuesday, August 21st. Volley player Alyssa Ando, who shared a geography class with the man, <laughs> said it happened right after practice. We were sitting in our circle talking, and some guy said, hey, girl. <laughs> so we turned around, and he mooned us. Yeah. Jesus. Uh. I think at one point, they even got a hold of him. I wish they beat the shit out of you. Yeah, I probably deserved it. Um, so. I think it would have taught you a lesson. I'll tell you what, this guy, he's insane. I wake up this morning, I have a video Oh, <laughs> in a fucking group chat. I'm in with Ben, and it says, Ben says, did you guys see this? And so I click the video. It's him completely naked, running around his apartment going, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that's true. I'll tell you what, I could have avoided those if you... Uh... Yeah, but you know what you replied in the group chat? 
ha 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 it did make me laugh it did make you laugh so you know we all need a little laugh sometimes you got to show your naked body to but your i'm still friends. gonna kick the shit out of you after this <laughs> i i i deserve it okay <laughs> so anyway i just thought i would share that fun bit of uh history about me that yeah, i no that's definitely related to the moon yeah team chases lewd suspect so my friends <laughs> called me the lewd suspect for a long time oh uh, anyway okay JP Morgan's the first Wall Street bank to announce presence in the metaverse. Who fucking cares? <laughs> Who? It looks cool. They've got a portrait of Jamie Dimon and a roaming tiger. What the fuck does that have to do with banking <laughs> the roaming tiger? It, it, it looks like a PlayStation 1 game. Yeah, it looks really bad. It, it almost makes me believe in the, the possibility of the metaverse because I can imagine us looking back on this 10 years from now and, and being like, Wow, remember how shitty it looked? Isn't Jamie Dimon also pretty vocal about like not liking crypto and stuff and yes. kind of against Web3? But he's also kind of made himself, he's also kind of resigned himself to the fact that, hey, it is what it is and I and can't stop like it. we like money. Yeah, and we like money at the end of you the day. You know they launched a coin. JP Morgan did? JPM coin. JPM, cut the fuck out of here. I swear. Google it. Google JPM coin. Well, I believe it. We don't need to Google fuck it. Fuck you. But wait, Google scro- it. Scroll down. <laughs> there there was a reply to this tweet that uh, I, I think it was. Yeah, this guy, Simon Willison, says uh, in response to, J- uh, to JP Morgan being the first um, bank in the metaverse, he says, Not, not the first. ABN, AMRO Bank, IGN Group, ING Group, and Wells Fargo all had a presence in Second Life. 15 years ago, to which I say, shut the fuck up, nerd. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, nerd. Nobody asked you, you fucking dork. And then he links to the businesses and organizations in Second Life Wikipedia. Who would have thought we'd need a Wikipedia for that? Yeah, well, this I, I don't think that this metaverse shit is going to really catch on. I think it's going to be a big flop. They've tried and tried and tried and tried. It's just... It ain't gonna happen, man. Try telling that to Mark Zuckercorn. I almost said Wahlberg. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I will try to tell that. I wish Mark Wahlberg was behind the metaverse. Good luck getting him to talk. Hey, welcome to the metaverse. It's pretty good. I'm the one fighting. There's a tiger walking around. I'm the one fighting. I'm the one fighting. Not you. Not you and not you. That's from what movie? The, the fighter. fighter. Oh, yeah. Man. Remember everyone's trying to give him advice? Yeah. That was actually a good movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Mark Wahlberg should take over the metaverse. Uh, There's yeah. Wahlburgers on every corner. That dude is psycho. He wakes up at like 2.30 a.m. to exercise, then prays for an hour. Also, we, you want to get into Crypto Corner? Let's do a little crypto. We, we got some time here. Beep, boop, beep. Crypto Corner. So everyone saw all the Super Bowl ads, right? Yeah. Crypto made a huge push. A huge splash for crypto at the Super Bowl. I also love all the ads that are like making it seem like there's one specific ad Mm -hmm. that's going through all the technology and it has Larry David as a naysayer. Yeah. I find it very frustrating because I think there's probably a lot of people who are like, "Uh, yeah, like if, if you haven't seen the ad, basically someone goes through like the wheel and Larry David is there as like a fucking caveman or something and he's like it'll never take off and then they do like the toilet and he's like what are you guys stupid no one's gonna shit in a toilet and then it's like fucking democracy or something and yeah. 
what's another one? Uh, the portable music player. The portable music player. You're going to be looking for batteries. And I find it very fucking annoying because they're all bad analogies. Because when these things came out, regardless of whether or not you thought it was going to take off, the utility was apparent, ob- obvious. Yeah. Right? You could be like, no one's going to use a toilet, but I can look at it and go, oh yeah, just sit down, take a shit. I get it. I could drink out of it. And we are now, what, 15 years into crypto and people are still trying to prove that it's useful? Yeah. And and they're doing, the whole com- the whole basis of the commercial is FOMO. Yeah. Don't miss out like Larry. Don't miss out like Larry. He was shitting outside. Do you want to shit outside? Yeah, you stupid You bitch. fucking moron. You dumb idiot. So I think that pisses me off. Yeah. It'd be like, like with anything, you know? Like- yeah. There might have people been people who, like, when the iPhone came out, maybe there wasn't, but I'm sure there were some people who were like, this is stupid, people are not going to want this. I was. With were you really? iPod, when the iPod came out, I was like, I want to, because I had just bought a Sony mini disc player, and they were so cool, but so impractical. Right. So fucking impractical. But with the iPhone. Yeah, it's obvious. It was very new, right? But no one looked at it and went, what the hell am I going to do with that? Yeah. Well, so Coinbase had their QR code ad that uh, that really raised a uh, a lot a few eyebrows. I'm trying to talk about it like it's a Yahoo Finance clip, uh, but then there was some drama online because apparently the CFO, well, Crypto the, Bro is gonna Crypto Bro, yeah, and they like to think of themselves as uh, innovators. Mm-hmm. They are as uh, edgy. They are. Anti-establishment. They are. Envelope pushers. Yeah. New frontiersmen. Yeah, they certainly are. And so they, you know... Trailblazers. <laughs> so he's he's talking about Coinbase's brilliant ad, where if you haven't seen it, there's a Coinbase QR code bouncing around the screen, like one of those old DVD screensavers. And that's all it is. That's all it is. And you can put your phone on and you can go to Coinbase. Yeah. But they took credit for it. Yeah, and they said, some folks asked for details of how our Super Bowl ad came to be. Here's the quick backstory. We don't need to read all this. Well, just the first part. Yeah. We thought it not knowing, we bought it not knowing what we would do. Initially, an outside agency pitched us a bunch of standard Super Bowl ad ideas. I didn't like any of them. Standard Super Bowl ads tend to be gimmicky, celebrity cameo driven, going for a laugh, etc. It was actually inspired... Oh, wait. Oh, so yeah. They're bas- he's basically talking about how, you know, they came up with it and they didn't want to go with the traditional ad agency route. And then... Much like crypto itself, they are not traditionalists and they are uh, pioneers and trailblazers. They don't need any of the old guard to make an effective Super Bowl ad. But lo and behold, uh, the ad agency that apparently pitched the QR code ad responded to him on Twitter and said, actually... <laughs> Our agency pitched you that idea, shitbird. And then you guys just did it. Yeah, and then you just fucking took it. And then it got very weird from there. They stepped in and said, no, it was actually another agency that pitched us. <laughs> yeah, we actually <laughs> fucked a different agency. Not and they know. went on to thank uh, Accenture or somebody. Yeah. Who fucking cares. Yeah, who fucking cares at the end of the day? Coinbase. Coin butt, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Coin- You're done. You're done, son. And then you had OpenSea. Uh, so OpenSea's got a lot going on. They got some there are, hefty problems. <clears throat> they have admitted to a lot of the like the people using their minting tool. Mm-hmm. They admitted that eighty percent of the people using those were uh, fakes, frauds, spam, 
people st- people stuff. taking art from things like deviant art for example and then right. just putting it on coinbase and selling it willy-nilly right they Which also is a great idea uh they had a huge leak mm-hmm. millions of dollars worth of nfts nabbed yeah in particular let's see what was stolen oh you had um uh, you had a couple Gleep Gloppers stolen. Some oh, pork- dude, wait. We I do want to pull up the Twitter because damn it, I was trying to make a joke. <laughs> I, it's you don't even have to do the joke. The I joke is like <laughs> the can joke we, is the can tweet we pull itself. up the tweet about the it says what was taken. Uh, what was taken? I can I kept I read it like a hundred times because I was like, this feels like they're doing a bit. Yeah. No, no, no just the. Oh no, we we can see. Oh, yeah. right there. Yeah. For a grand total of seven fifteen seven hundred fifty dollars in gas, Thanks, the Biden. paid no ETH to purchase and scooped four Azukis, two Cool Mans, two Doodles, two Kaiju Kings, one M A Y C, one Cool Cat, and one B A Y C. That's the B. The M A Y C is the Mutant Ape Yacht Club, when the B A Y C is the Bored Ape Yacht Club. And but what happens with that is if you have a bored ape and then you buy an NFT of some radioactive sludge, the ape drinks the sludge. Is that what and, happens? And becomes a mutant. No fucking. Way. Yeah. And then, but if you own the unique code, then you own the ape. <laughs> I keep just thinking about <laughs> how fucking stupid it is. Well, just some guy. And how dumb we are for missing out on it. Just some guy try- having to explain to his wife like. A picture of just, the ape got taken. Just sit down. Yeah. Uh, the Azukis are, they're gone. <laughs> and she's like, is it what anything else? And he's like, yeah, the, the cool man. The cool mans. <laughs> they, they got the fucking cool mans. Please don't tell me that the doodles got taken too. Now the doodles are gone too. <laughs> well, what about the kaiju kings? And look, you're not going to love this. The cool cat, gone. Fuck! <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> How are we going to afford Billy's private school tuition? At least we've got the Mutant Ape Yacht Club still, right? Okay, sit down. No. <laughs> no. No. Honey, I don't want to go back to work. <laughs> I feel bad. I don't know. It's also, I don't know what they're going to do. The, um, you know, open season, a tough spot. Every time they, so they're ba- they're the number one exchange for this kind of stuff, and Every time they, it's hard for them to attract new customers because new customers understand that this kind of thing can happen and keeps yeah. happening. And so people don't want to get in. And so when they try to regulate and put in new, uh, you know, fixes? Yeah. They end up pissing off their current base. Mm. So they put in a, you know, they put in a, new regulation that said you can only mint a certain amount of NFTs or whatever. It used to be unlimited and everyone freaked the fuck out. And, you know, they used to actually have an approval process before they blew up. Um, I think they actually blew up after the Beeple sold at Christie's for like 69 million or whatever. OpenSea removed that approval process. Gee, I wonder if that was driven by like green. No, come on, Ben. No, well, I mean, it's possible. Come I'm not on. saying that they did, but it's ben, certainly possible. That's not fair. Because I mean, this whole thing is just about the art, you know. At the end of the day, it's just about good art. <laughs> but so they're in a really tough spot, you know. If they try to address the problems, their current base freaks out. But with all these problems, they can't really expand their base. And uh, yeah, I don't know what to do. And now they're being. I mean, it's very new. The complaint was just filed. But they're being sued by some guy like Timothy McKimmy, 
um, for a very rare ape that he had. It was listed on, um, someone was able to access his NFT and and then list it for 0.01 ETH and, and uh, acquire it. And it's worth, you know, millions. It's in the top 14% of rarity. So, but I'm very, I, I really want, I'm, I really want to see this case play out. I don't think it will. I was reading, um, I think they have like a forced arbitration clause and, um, and I love me an FAC <laughs> and, but I would love to see them naked having, <laughs> I would love to see this man naked, yeah. the owner of this very rich. No, I would love to see them having to, you know call witnesses and get testimony about the value the value of this fucking thing. I think it'd be very fun to see them explaining to a judge their dumb little cartoon monkey. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was filed in Texas. I think uh it would be very what? fun to see the a Texas judge well, howdy, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to someone tell him how valuable his... Um... I mean, <clears throat> if there's a jury, you're going to have to explain to a jury what the fucking NFT is, yeah. why it's so valuable, why this picture of an ape is valuable. Sure. Well, it's because it's a unique, it's a unique fucking code that gives you access to the image. Yeah. It's so, inherently, it's easy to explain, and that's why it's so, speaking of NFTs, uh, you know who's getting, who's just going all out into it is Reese Witherspoon. Oh, yeah. Got this, Reese uh, is back at it. <clears throat> I, I just want everyone to appreciate this headline. Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine, World of Women partner to adapt NFTs into movies, TV shows. To that, I just have to say, what? How? What? The fuck? What does that? What does any of that mean? Imagine explain trying to explain that to a pilgrim. <laughs> you transport yourself back and you go, "Hey, Reese Witherspoon." So I think shit. that's the least of your concerns. They're Just saying, pilgrim. "Why are you dressed like that?" Yeah, yeah. They're saying you're probably tied to a stake and starting to get cooked at that point when yeah. you're saying, yeah, but we swear this Hello Sunshine partnered with World of Women. You it's guys- actually a really big deal. It's yeah. a super valuable company. I think she just sold it for like a billion dollars. Oh, man, I can't wait to see the the green one. I can't wait to see a show about the green one. Man, so what the fuck are they going to do with this? Make a- Look, there's a lot <sighs> here, Ben. You can see this one has 3D glasses on, so she's clearly got some kind of cool powers. And uh, it's going to be fucking big, dude. It's also all about gender parity in the NFT space. It's not just, uh, you know, TV shows and movies and unscripted. What the fuck is an unscripted show about NFTs? Yeah, exactly. What, do they all live in a house and it's real world NFT style? NFT house. NFT house. When things start getting real? It's all, uh, this is all just, I just want to. But they're also going to be uh, having live events to um, get more women into the NFT space. I understand and appreciate <clears throat> to make the space more inclusive, but and I think that that is essential, but this just what feels I'd like asinine. To, what I'd like to say to that is, can you, um, can you show the other link? What Reese doesn't understand is that, uh, you know, women... <laughs> 
women are already getting in the space. <laughs> what do you mean, Emil? Who else? <laughs> so, what other famous woman has gotten into so the space? So Lana Rhodes. Who is Lana Rhodes? A well-known porn star. Oh. Has launched her own NFT project last month. So maybe move out of the way, Reese Witherspoon. And it's gone um, great. We're so happy to have women in the space and, and cleaning up the NFT ecosystem. Because the idea raised $1.5 million, promising a profitable investment, and it was all going swimmingly until Lana Rhodes quit the NFT product, project and vanished with the money in yet another NFT fraud. Basically, I from my understanding, is that Lana had sold these NFTs at different tiers with promises of, you know, you can meet and greets and all that shit. And to no one's surprise, a bunch of fucking, probably a bunch of weirdos bought them and there was a discord and stuff. And I don't blame her at all. She got creeped out and, and peaced out with the money. Good for her. I say good for her. Good for her? Yes. Good for her. A fool and his money are soon separated. Or I mean, it is tough. I was reading some of the complaints and one guy was like, I had $6,000 to my name and I spent $4,000 on these. Now what am I supposed to do? I have children and it's like, Dude. what you were supposed to do is not spend it on the fucking porn star NFT, man. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I, I want to know, was he doing it because he thought it was a good investment or yeah. because he wanted access to like meet and greets and shit? Maybe a little bit of both, huh? Oh, uh, no ah, less does. My effing God. I hope Reese Witherspoon rips everyone off. I think that'd be kind Me of Me too. That'd be killer. Just. She's like selling access to her book clubs with NFTs. Yeah. And then she just moves to fucking name a country because I can't do it. Barbados. She moves to Barbados. Yeah. <laughs> Barbados is tight. I've been there. Have you? Yeah. I swam in front of Rihanna's house. I, she wasn't like, I, was she it's there? a public beach. So you can just swim there. I peed in the ocean. In front of Rihanna's house. You're damn right I did. Most delicious food I've some of the most delicious food I've ever had in Barbados. What's it like? Dirt cheap. Just like fresh fish, rice, uh, macaroni and cheese. It's amazing. Super nice people. Yeah. When did you go? I went a few years ago. Just for fun? My Australian roommate needed to renew his visa in the <laughs> one of the fastest places you could get it done. You could go to Canada and it would take like two weeks, or you could go to Barbados and get it done in a day. So he was like, hey, mate, you want to go down to Barbados with me? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. That's sick. Yeah, it was cool. I wish I had a reason to go. And we, we rented a car, cause, uh, and he okay. drove it, because they drive Flex. on the right side there, or on the left side, whatever. And he drove on the, you know, on the other side. I didn't have to do shit. Was it weird? It was a little surreal. Yeah, it was. It was strange. We we drank coconut water straight out of the coconut. That's the best. There were monkeys, little monkeys walking around on the on the place where we were, and they were eating fruit I didn't off. No, Barbados had monkeys. Yeah, I don't remember what kind, but it was uh, all around cool. Anyway, please follow, like, subscribe. Uh, How the fuck did we get on Barbados? Uh, we said that that's where Reese oh, yeah, should yeah. go. Should fuck off to. Like, subscribe, follow us on all the socials. Um, kill your parents, quit your job, shit your pants. Five-star ratings on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Only nice comments. Nice comments, liking, sharing. Remember, five people, they share it with five people. Yeah, that's true. It's an MLM thing. We should do one, though, like April Fool's, we should have everybody leave mean comments. No, I don't yeah. want that. Yeah, because then it might trick them into actually disliking us, which wouldn't be real. Yeah, and <laughs> I already don't like 
the few negative comments we get. Yeah. That's why I have you screenshot the important ones and send them to you, me. I got you, buddy. Also, <clears throat> leave more stuff. If you want Columbo merch, <laughs> comment and, and Ben Ben will let me know this time and I'll... Uh, we'll make it happen. Tell me if you like... I'd rather be watching Columbo <laughs> or don't hassle me. I'm watching Columbo more. Por que no los dos? Yeah, that's true. Uh, anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you as always. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And until next time, bye. Bye.